In episode 26, I'm going to talk about giving God your yes, and I'm inviting my friends to join me to talk about how we are all on this journey of giving God our yes and growing in our knowing him in a more deep and intimate way, which will produce confidence and trust and I have been talking about in the last several podcasts about taking small steps and how that leads up to the bigger steps of faith that are going to help us discover what God has put in us to fulfill our purpose and the plans that he has for us. And so I want to help you grow in discovering how to hear God's voice how to have confidence in taking steps of faith so that you can have that life in abundance that Jesus came to give us. So join me now as I have my friends Lisa and Chris Cree of New Creations Ministries to talk about how they took steps of faith to discover their purpose and calling. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be, because you were created to thrive. Well, friends, welcome back to Created to Thrive podcast. Today, I'm excited to have my friends Chris and Lisa Cree of New Creations Ministries, which is a teaching and traveling ministry. They both have a passion to help believers experience the same life-changing truths of the kingdom of God, which have blessed their own lives. They are graduates of Karis Bible College, and they've also had their own extension campus where they moved to Scotland to start a Karis campus there. And then after four and a half years of living in Scotland and running the, the Bible college, God told them to pass the baton. It's time to go home. And so they had developed a strong leadership team and they handed the, the college over to them. And they now have moved back to Colorado where God is now leading them to expand their ministry by creating a platform called Kingdom Mindsets to help other emerging ministries connect with the body of Christ. And they are just a wealth of great truth as well as being examples of what it's like to give your yes to God so you can fulfill your purpose and calling. That is a long introduction, <laughs> but I just want to welcome you, Chris and Lisa. You, um, you know, we first met in September of 2011 when we all had abandoned everything that we were doing to go pursue this crazy calling that we didn't know what God was calling us into, but to say yes to the desires that God had put on our heart to know that there was more to life than we were currently experiencing. And we knew that was only going to be found in diving into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord through Bible college and having being trained in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. We're excited. <laughs> so I would love for you to share, first of all, what got you to the point? Because you were not in ministry. No, <laughs> no. Chris, you were in the Navy. Lisa, well, you 
Actually, I, I had left. I I was in the Navy to pay for school, so I, I paid off my my college scholarship in the Navy and got out. And I was working in the maritime industry, which you know on the docks with ships and cargo. That's what I was trained to do. And then I stepped out of that to build websites and do social media strategy. You know, it was just one of those things. I was tired of being on call twenty four seven, having to get up in the middle of the night, go do shifts, and doing web development. And Lisa, you were doing entrepreneurial stuff. Well, yeah, I was uh, trained as a veterinary nurse straight out of high school. I had a two-year degree as a veterinary technician and then worked in veterinary medicine for almost 25 years, did about nine years in uh, small animal practice and large animal practice, and then moved into zoological wildlife medicine. And then after that, I started playing around with some entrepreneurial uh, enterprises, had some uh, small businesses from home. I operated out of my house, but had small businesses. And yeah, so we've dabbled in quite a bit of different types of things. Uh, we always laugh when kids have to decide what they have to do when they're 18. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we've changed, changed trajectory in so many ways. I think I'm on my sixth different full, totally rap, different career path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys have a, a diverse background and, and I love that you, you lived in Australia too, didn't you, Lisa? With I did. I actually went to Australia in uh, 1989 to 1990 and I went on an agricultural exchange program and ended up in a small zoo. I thought I'd be out in some sheep um, veterinary practice mm-hmm. type thing. And that's what changed the trajectory of where I was going in veterinary medicine as far as a technician. So I came back and ended up in a zoo after I came back to the States because I had that experience. So yeah, Australia was interesting. That was in my late twenties. So yeah, the the year she was in Australia, I was going through flight school in the Navy. So yeah, we didn't know each (laughs) other. We didn't know each other yet. Okay. And you've been married how long? Be 24 years this month. So awesome. yeah, I had to think for a second. There. I was like, is she going to get it right? Know, what, Chris, I'm looking at you. <laughs> 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 I'm married, married in 1998, uh, but I, I remember the day because it's the first day of spring, March 21st. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. So we got to know you, uh, you know, pretty much right away. And I know Lisa, you and I did some things and you have an amazing gift of, um, really calling out the gifts in people, Lisa, and really organizing and delegating a gift of hospitality, just a business mind and a a spirit of excellence about you. Um, And you're just so great at relational, the relational aspects. So I I love that. And I appreciated working with you in the, the different things we were doing. And then Chris, you definitely have a teaching gift where you have the ability to take the complex issues of the Bible and break them down into more simple, applicable ways to apply it to our life. So I really appreciate and value that about you. Tell me what, what was it that caused you to make the decision to go to Andrew Womack's Karis Bible College in 2011? You want to start or you want me to start? You can start okay. and then I'll fill in. No, that, that actually works because we were frustrated with our walk with Christ. We, we basically didn't feel like we were experiencing what we saw on the pages of scripture. Okay. For me, anyway, I won't speak for Lisa, but I, I felt like 
you know, I was reading the book of Acts and then I was looking at my life, looking at our life, looking at the, the lives around us. And there, there was this disconnect and I didn't understand. And um, somebody sent Lisa a link to a, a conference session that was being held by this guy named Andrew Womack. And we listened to it. And well, she had actually sent quite a few links to that, to Andrew's stuff over a period of time. Her name is Celeste. Thank you, Celeste. I'm forever grateful to that. And I kept trying to stiff armor, like, thank you. I'm not interested sort of thing. And then finally I thought I am just going to listen to this one so I can get her off my back. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we, we both listened to yeah. it. And, and I felt like yeah, he was putting pieces of the jigsaw together. Like I had the pieces, but I couldn't see how they fit together. And I felt like he was putting them together. It just made a lot of sense and in, in how things, and he was talking about the supernatural as if it was still going on. And I, I, we were from a faith background that said that all passed away with the apostles. So I was intrigued. And of course, like you said, I, I like to teach, which means I love to research and study. And so I discovered that he had a Bible college and, you know, hey, study, research. Yes, let's do it. But Lisa had followed me around at that point, our entire marriage for jobs. And, and I just really felt like I didn't want this to be a me thing because I had done some things quite recently at that point that didn't work out well that I knew were driven by me. So I said, Lord, if you want us to go to Bible school, then she's got to bring it up. I'm not going to say a word. And I didn't. I think it was about two weeks later, I was reading one of Andrew Womack's books and I cannot find the book that it was in. I just opened up a big bin and I found all those books that we read. So I'm going to go through them and find out which book it's in. But I know he said it several times in other books where if you are on a roller coaster emotionally and your life just keeps going up and down and up and up and up and down, you need to get your mind renewed. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's what Chris and I need. We need to get our minds renewed because at the time we had been in uh business, small business and tried some endeavors. They weren't working that great. We were struggling with money conversations all the time. We had what I call a lot of intense fellowships, which meant we <laughs> argued a lot and it really got quite frustrating to the point of, point of tears. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Well, she, and then I'd she'd shut cry. Down. I'd get angry or I'd get angry and then she'd cry, but either way, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yeah. We would just um, disconnect them. And that was not going to work. We had, we knew we had to do something different. So one morning she comes into my office because I was working at home at the time doing website stuff. And she says, you know, Chris, Andrew Womack's got a Bible college in Colorado. Wouldn't it be cool to go out there for two or three years? And I was just stunned because I thought I was off the hook because I was like, she's never going to bring that up. And yet here she is suggesting it. So to me, that was verification that it was God. And they do have campuses all over the United States and there's um, international campuses. And we did have one not too far from us, but we knew if we moved back there to go, go to college, we would kind of be back where we were a couple of years earlier because we had lived there. So we just didn't, we felt like the Lord was saying you need to go to Colorado and kind well, of cut ties a little bit for a little bit. And not only that, but we both had this desire to be in the mountains, at least for a little while. I mean, when we got married, I was working in the maritime industry with ships and cargoes. And I literally told Lisa, we will probably never live in the mountains because as far as I know, there aren't any ships that call Denver. And this is what I do for a living. So it's funny what God does. He had to pull me out of the maritime industry so that we could have the flexibility to move to Colorado to go to school. Right. So what was it that allowed you to say, 
yes to that desire of your heart, because it wasn't a, thus saith the Lord, like everyone thinks like, okay, until God tells me I'm not going to move, but there was that stirring in your heart, those deep desires that you wanted more. So what was it that allowed you to say, yes, we're going to move to Colorado Springs and uproot our lives to follow this desire of our heart? Well, at that point, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really, I, I didn't know how to hear from God that clearly. Did the best I could. And for me, I, I put like Gideon put his fleece out, you know, and asked God to make it wet and then make it dry. So I, I put this, I asked for a sign, if you will, right. that, you know, if Lisa brings it up, then I'll, I'll be confident that it's God because I'm not going to say anything. So when she brought it up, that was kind of a God saying, see, this is what I want for you. And that's kind of the way I looked at it from my end where I was at the time. How about you? Well, we had been struggling in our walk with the Lord. Just, we were definitely involved in church and we're always ministers of the gospel, no matter what area of the, um, like if we're in the marketplace, whatever God's called us to be ministers, but we weren't really fruitful. And that's, was an issue for us both. And also we were both going through this process of learning how to be entrepreneurial entrepreneurs. And we were going to a lot of different small business conferences and, you know, the, you can do it stuff, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. There's so much to learn, but I'm like, how does God want us to prosper? This is always an underlying question for us. And we were really struggling with, Sometimes a lot of things we were hearing, not really understanding that we were struggling with that message, but it was just coming against, didn't fit right. right. It didn't fit right. And we got, there's gotta be a different way as we walked through the book of acts and saw the supernatural, there's gotta be a supernatural component to becoming prosperous and successful. I'm talking financially, not there's all sorts of prosperous ways to be prosperous, Um, but we were really struggling in that. And then hearing the voice of God was the huge thing because, you know, as he directs you, things will go better. <laughs> if right. you're fighting him, then yeah. it's not so good. Well, and another underlying thing was that we did have this pattern of intense fellowships and this emotional roller coaster of ups and downs. And, you know, when things were going good, we were up. And when things come against us or life happens, then we were really down. And, and we wanted to get off the emotional roller coaster. We wanted to break what we call it the crazy cycle, because even it got to the point where we could see that we were going there, but yet we still waded into this argument and it was just dumb, but yet we felt like we couldn't stop it. And we wanted to renew our minds to break the crazy cycle and get off the emotional roller coaster. Right. And I think, you know, that's such a, a valid point for both of you that I think that's where most people live of, they know there's more, but they don't know how to access it. They read like in the book of acts, like the kingdom of God, like this is, these are the types of healings and miracles and signs and wonders that we're supposed to be encountering but they're not seeing it in everyday life. And it's hard to reconcile that. So what did you do then to start that mind renewal process? Obviously you went to Bible school, but what was it while you were there and and what happened to cause it to be real? Well, the year before, when we made the decision that yes, Lord, we will go, it took us a year to get there. So there's a whole story there in having to deal with the home we lived in. I wanted to sell it. 
I wasn't open to renting long distance. I'm not going to go into that whole story, but it took a year for us to, for me to come around to saying yes to the Lord being my, our property manager and allowing him to rent the house because it wasn't selling. And so we had a process. It was supernaturally not selling. It was, yeah, crazy. It was supernaturally not selling. And so there was a whole growing time there. We would, we called that our pre-college year. We just kind of dove into everything we could find through the ministry. Tons of free stuff free online. Stuff Videos, online and audios, that. all that stuff. So we spent a lot of time growing in that year, kind of almost prepping to go to college. But we finally came to a place where we both agreed we would be long distance landlords. And within 24 hours, that house was rented to a family that stayed in it the entire time until we sold it five years later. So did that answer your question of how did we say yes? It was a process of having to pare down our life a little bit. We had to sell some furniture and because we went from a 1600 square foot house to a 940 square foot apartment. There were just things we had to prepare ahead of time to go. And not only that, I mean, I think the whole process, if you wanted to nutshell it, there were a couple of key things that we had to learn. We had to learn to trust God. I mean, Lisa, especially with that, that whole fear of having this massive asset, which was massive for us, it was just a modest house, but for us, it was, it was a big deal. In another state where you didn't have control, but trusting God to be the property manager. So we had to learn how to trust God, both of us. We had to learn our identity, our true identity in Christ. That changes everything. When we know who we really are, instead of all the superficial stuff that we try to do on the outside to make ourselves different, we, we realize that it's, a, it's an inside-out process where we, we learn our true identity and everything that we do flows out of that identity. But it was a process and it took... It took us a couple of years of Bible college, three years to, to really kind of get that into our hearts so that it started to produce big change in our lives. We did have some things that we understood incorrectly, and we had to have that flushed out a bit and then really take on what God is really saying to us about ourselves. So that's a big process. And everybody's at a very different stage in the walk. Um so we don't judge ourselves or compare ourselves to other people. We go, hey, this is where I'm at, and this is where God wants to take me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just really very important to keep in mind because we can always look at somebody else and compare ourselves, and that's not what God's doing. Or try to just imitate exactly what they're doing and expect the same results. Yeah. When when it all has to flow from our relationship with God, you know, not to get hyper spiritual, right. but you know, it's God's about relationship. He's not about formula. There's principles, there's processes, yeah. but at the end of the day, he's not rigid to those. He, he, he allows some deviation as long as it's flowing out of our relationship with him. Yeah. So I said at the beginning, I, I, I put out a fleece, if you will, in, in asking God, you know, if you want us to go to Bible college, have her bring it up. Well, that's probably not the best way to hear from God, but that's where I was at. Sure. Yeah, that's one thing I would say is that you will you grow in stages. So like looking back, there were some immature moves we made, but God (laughs) meets us at those places of immaturity because he knows you're there. He's a great parent. He understands where you're at. Yes, he knows. And he can't he'll work with those times in your life where that's where you're at. And he will make that thing work out for you because of that. That's right. And those are such great points, everything that you've been saying, because that's really where so often we are. Is it wrong to put a fleece out? No, it's just 
as a sign more of you haven't had experience of walking with God yet to where you're hearing and having that a confidence, your heart hasn't been established yet. Yes. Mm, yeah. In the word, in your relationship of really hearing him and taking those little steps of faith that requires time and confidence. And the more you experience. do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. What Bible college did for us is helped us understand, okay, the Bible scriptures, that's the word of God. Um, that's, that's the truth. Now you have to understand that truth because you can read certain scriptures and be like way off course, right. but especially, you know, the new Testament where the Lord just establishes who you are in Jesus and that you're loved and that you're not judged anymore. And all these things that you establish in your identity, your new identity, your new creation now yeah. in Christ. And so when you start to settle into that reality, and I'll say settle in, because you can see where you're settling into an area of God in your identity, that you have more peace, you're not as anxious, you're just not too you're, worried about you're things. stepping off the roller coaster. Right. You're stepping off the roller coaster. You're like, no, yeah. you know, the word says this. And what I'm hearing in my ears or in my mind says this. So I'm going to reject that. And what will happen is you will we'll go through life and, and you, you know, the same kind of junk still comes at you, but you realize you're not responding in the same way that you used to. Yeah. yeah. There, there's several things that are going through my mind, but one was you have to do the heart work. So it's not just reading the word, right? It's the condition, you know, Mark four talks about the condition of your heart, the soil that's going to allow mm -hmm. the word of God, which is a seed to take root and then produce fruit. Yes. And so that's a time of process. And that was something that, you know, both Fred and I, because we had gone through a separation process in our marriage and then reconciled and gone through a lot of counseling and renewing our mind. We did a lot of that identity work prior to going to Bible college. And that was a big indicator of what we saw that separated um, us from a lot of people that knew the word and had those religious mindsets, I'll call them more legalistic mindsets of rules and regulations, do this, don't do that. Yeah. But they hadn't taken time to really allow the, the, uh, the word, the spirit of truth, really it's, it's the word and the Holy spirit Absolutely. to allow them to get their hearts healed from past traumas, past mistakes, not being conscious of sins and all of that anymore to where they can really allow God's truth to form that new identity. So they know what, a new, because I know a lot of people struggle with, and that's the name of your ministry, new creation. I'm a new creation in Christ. Well, I don't look or feel the same. Like you said, I'm on this emotional roller coaster all the time. How, what would you say to them that is going to be pivotal to them really having kingdom realities for their life? The, to me, the, the important thing to remember is that the, the scripture describes, or the Bible describes itself as a mirror. Okay, and, and it's not a mirror of this is what you should be, and it's an impossible standard to measure up to. It's it's a mirror that says, this is who you truly are in the spirit. Yeah. Even though your mind, will, and emotions isn't behaving that way, and, and maybe your mind doesn't understand it, your emotions are still um, not rain, not under control of, of your spirit, you're, you're not behaving in that way, but it's not about our behavior anymore. 
It's about our identity. And the, the Bible is a mirror to show us our true identity in Christ. It isn't showing us an impossible standard that we can't reach. It's showing us this is who you are. I mean, Paul talks about, you know, you're children of light. Walk as children of light. He doesn't say, if you walk as children of light, you become children. He says, you already are children. Now just behave that way. Yeah. I came out of a church background where as a young child, you basically wanted to just stay under the radar because you thought that God was going to hit you with a big stick or hit you with a lightning bolt if you did something wrong. And that was not true about God, but that's what I was taught about God. And I believed it, you know, and even going into my early adulthood, I was there. The thing I came out of the major thing coming out of understanding who God is and his true nature through going to Bible college was that I'll never love God more than he loves me. So I don't need to keep trying. And I think a lot of people keep serving God out of this. I want him to love me more. You know, maybe that's what we could label perhaps a religious behavior, if we want to call it that. But then when you realize that God loves you way more than you'll ever reach loving him, you can really relax. That's, and that can be difficult for people maybe who haven't had a father that really loved them, you know, that they're trying to get the approval all the time right. versus knowing that your parent loved you and you didn't really have to strive for that. So learning that God really loves me more than I'll ever love him. And I don't have to try and strive. And when I get to that point, you then naturally, because you understand that love that's been transformed in your heart, you start to want to just do the things he asks you to do and go and co-labor with him and have that fellowship, not just relationship. A lot of people have relationship. They know the Lord, they're, they're Christians, but they might not understand more what intimate fellowship looks like. And as you progress in your relationship with the Lord, you start to move into that intimate fellowship. It's yeah, really a difference a between being, having a mindset that I'm a slave to God versus I'm a son of God. Yes. And, and that's a, cause it's a, it's a whole magnitude. I mean, your behavior can be the same sometimes yeah. because sons can work really hard in the family business, just like the, the, the office manager, the hired person, right. but there's a whole different level of intimacy and the motivations are radically different between yeah. the two. Yeah. What I, I say is I don't live for Jesus, but rather I live out of my union with him. Mm. Yeah. Just like you're married, you don't live for each other, Mm-mm. but you live out of your union, your covenant of marriage. Yeah. That's right. an identity that you have not trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's who you position. are. Right. The, yeah. You're, we're human beings and it's, it's, it's about our identity. And then what we do flows out of that. We're not yeah. human doings trying to establish our identity. Yeah. That's huge. Um, what did it do now? And, and again, I, I know we're talking about Bible college cause that's how we met and <laughs> that's what really, you know, catapulted both of us as couples into each of our purposes of God. Cause they look very different for all four of, you know, my, mm-hmm. my husband and I, and, yep. and the two of you, um, what would you say as far as we're not promoting Bible college, even though we'll get to there that you did run a Bible college, but, and people, most people are not going to go to Bible college, sure. Correct. but there's a process of separating yourself, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. to immerse yourself in 
the word and that relation, that intimate relationship with the Lord to where you're learning how to hear his voice. Your heart is being influenced by his love that you talked about, Lisa, because faith works through love. So when you realize that God's love is unconditional, there's nothing you can do to make him love you more or less, that that starts to shape how you live to allow yourself to release his love and life and light into your whole life. Um, what would you say to people that what they could do now in their current life to get what you achieved in your relational aspect? Well, I mean, what, what we've seen, I mean, the, the change has come through renewing our mind to the truth of scripture and, you know, you don't have to go to Bible college, but what we found is that it, it, that in that for us, it, it accelerated it massively. Right. Yeah. You know, we were at a, a point, a stage in our life where we didn't want to take 10 years to, to get to where we are now, even though it's now 10 years later. But I would say now though, too, even like for all of us, you know, we just probably, we celebrated 10 years coming uh, graduating Bible college, so yeah. all four of us, but yeah. now well, no, 10 years from when we arrived. Yes. So online you can get so much teaching. It's like a changed world almost. I mean, although there was some online teaching and and ways to kind of move through different topics and things that you're pressing in with the Lord on, I would say, just ask the Lord right now, you know, what next steps do you want me to learn about you? Yeah. And and connect with good Bible teaching, but at the same time, um, take it back to your relationship with God. Don't just consume, consume, consume you know, meditate on what you're learning, take it to God, God, show me how this applies to me. How, what does it mean for me? And let it change, transform your heart. Because I mean, we've seen people come into Bible college and leave no different because they don't allow the truth to change their hearts. And really that's what it matters is, is is how are we going to be transformed? And we have a, a part to play in that process. God's not going to override our will. He's not going to force us into something that we're not willing to, to go into because that's not love. Control is not part of love. So, so God is going to partner with us and he will let us go as far as we're willing to go with him, but we have to let it flow out of our relationship with him and that intimacy, that fellowship that Lisa was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Especially if you're, you may, you know, you may be called to the marketplace or you may be called to education. You may be called to different uh, things. And so you're going to have to ask the Lord, you know, what is it? What's the next step for me? Yes. You know, cause you have me in this place now and this is where I serve and this is where my purpose is. So what, what's the next thing for me and, and connecting with like-minded believers is really important yes. because if there's anything I've seen when the, when, you know, the enemy, you know, wants to destroy you and God wants to flourish you, but he'll, the enemy will get you isolated. Yeah. And when you're isolated, there's some really bad things that can happen. So really ask the Lord to connect you with, it doesn't have to be a whole church. It could be a couple of people. I don't know that we're called to be in community. community That's part of the, I mean, there are no healthy orphan Christians. We're we're called to be part of a family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's also hearing from God, what that looks like. Right. And that's where I think, you know, too, by learning how to dialogue with God and pressing into hearing his voice say, this is the way, 
for you to walk in it. Right. So even if it's just one or two people that you start with to say, Lord, bring me someone that is so full of the love of God, that their lives, um, are, are testimony of what I want that, that relation that I'm hungry for that relationship. God is so faithful to bring that one or two people, then, then it can build upon itself. Uh, because I know a lot of times people are struggling with, you know, everything we've been going through with the conditions of the last two years to have that connectivity. Um, but that is something that you can, you know, it's God's will for you to be in that fellowship, that koinonia, and we have to have it. And so God will bring you those people. Um, I know we've got limited time left, but, um, and I'll have you guys back on again. Go ahead. One comment. If you're perhaps maybe a younger Christian, not younger in age, but in the faith, if you're going to spend time in the word, spend time in the new Testament right now. Yeah, start because the Old Testament will mess you up until you understand the New Testament. So that's just the place where that's I would. A good... That's a little tip that if you're out there going, oh, I need to get in the Word more, um, and you're new to the to reading the Bible, uh, spend as long as you need to in the New Testament, yeah, that's, that's and good, then good find some good teachers to help you go back into the Old Testament and understand what's going on because it's it can be very confusing. It was for me until I was yeah. moving through that process. Me too. That's a great point, Lisa, because you know, we think it's going to be like any book where we start at the beginning and read all the way through. And then we're like, wait a minute, you're going to have a wrong impression of God. If you start just in Genesis. Yeah. Uh, that's why I recommend people start with the book of John because yes. it establishes Jesus's identity. And what I've said to a lot of people who consider themselves mature in faith, but see God as a very punishing, punitive, angry God. I challenge them to start with the book of Matthew or start with the book of John, but start in the new Testament. And I want you to read the four gospel accounts of Jesus's life. And I want you to look and notice and observe how did Jesus interact with all the people? What did he do? What was his way? What was his truth? What was his life? What did, how did he live that Jesus is the exact expression of God, the father. So when you see Jesus, you see the father and Jesus's purpose. One of his purposes was to come to reveal the father. Exactly. Right. And so that's where, if you can start with that, where you understand right. how Je- his nature, then you'll see, understand the nature of God. And then you've got to understand what did Jesus come to do to fulfill what was established in the old Testament, then you've got a right picture of God and you can understand why he related to the people the way he did. And you know, once you got to understand covenants and different things too, but, but that's a great point because a lot of people have uh, very much, they get confused. And I know when we were first new believers, we had gone to a denominational church and they, there was a woman in our, in our Sunday school. And she said, the God of the old Testament and the God of the new Testament, like they were two different gods. And I just kept thinking, it doesn't make any sense. It just, it really confused me. And it started, it really messed with my mindset because I didn't understand. I was still a new believer. So thank you for addressing that. Yeah, God, God didn't change between the old covenant and the new covenant, the old Testament, new Testament. But what did change was how he relates to people. And it's, it's vital for us to understand a healthy new Testament way of relating, because that's where we are now. That is, that is the point in time in history where we are is in that New Testament. So we need to get that settled in our heart that how he relates to us now. And then we can go back and look at how he related to people in the Old Testament, because those two are different, even though God is the same. Yeah. So 
I want to have you back on where we can talk more in detail because of time. I, I want to keep it, you know, within a, mm -hmm. a, a sure. time frame. But I do want to talk to you about what you talk or what you would say to people that struggle with patience and waiting upon <laughs> promises of God to be fulfilled. And then I also, you know, we, we have so much that we can talk about, but I, that's a key part of your journey yeah. from going from Bible school to Scotland, because mm -hmm. there was a series of time that you had to wait. And there was a lot of things that were in opposition to say, this probably won't happen or may, you know, so I don't want to talk about that today. So we'll, we'll do that in a future podcast. Cause you have a great, um, you're just great witnesses of what God did in you for you and through you in that process. And, but and what the, would the beauty you of that? I was, just to cut you off for a second, the beauty of that too, is we're in the midst of another season. I know you are whole <laughs> exercise. So yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That's why I don't want to go into it now. Cause there's a whole another discussion that we have. Cause now you're in another waiting period. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's where it's so fun because it's a process of discovery. And Fred and I talk about it all the time that with the new covenant, what God did through Jesus's work in his cross death and resurrection was um, restore us back to the original intent and plan of God, yes. mm -hmm. which is fellowship to yeah. walk in relationship that is of discovery of going to him. And if you think about it, Adam and Eve, everything was brand new to them. Yeah. And so they were in that discovery of, so like when you're talking about God, what does this look like? And what am I supposed to do here? And there, they didn't have a word written down for them, a scripture to follow. Mm -hmm. It was that dialogue. And that's what Jesus came to restore for us to have that intimate fellowship to where we can talk with him and which is called prayer and, um, and all of that. But what would you say to people right now that have a hunger to know God, like you have been able to, to do that they want to go in, but they're not quite sure about what do I even do to re I'm not going to go to Bible school. So what can I do to renew my mind right now? That would help me. I know you said, listen to anointed teachings, but what else, as far as establishing your heart or benefiting your heart with the word? That's a good question. That's what, that's actually something that we're working on creating a solution for that isn't in place yet. Well, on a personal level, I would say as they are uh, reading, you know, scripture and, and digging into the word with the Lord journaling is really good. Asking questions, you know, highlighting this is a question for me, Lord, you know, and put a highlighter over that thing, because at some point you're going to go back and look and see how God answered that question. And he's really wanting to have that dialogue with you. And when you're journaling, he's, he's right there with you watching what you write and go, oh, that's good, hon. And, and he's just really with you on that. And that would be something I would really encourage people to do because, um, and be honest, you know, with God, like I, I just, um, I put some things in my journals that I hope nobody ever reads other than the Lord, because it's my relationship with him. These are my letters to God and he yeah. is reading them with me while I'm writing them. Yeah. So that would be something I'd encourage and just be, go ahead and pray and speak to the Lord just the way that you're wired. Yeah. Yeah. Be real be with you. God. And, and just be yourself. That's the big thing is, is learn to be okay. Don't try to copy what everybody else is doing. Right. You know, if, if journaling works for you, awesome. I, I've tried journaling. It just never works for me. But what I do is I, I, I write down big things. Yep. Like, so, so I'm building markers so that I can go back and see God's faithfulness. And over time, that helps me 
um, grow in my faith because I'm like, oh, God did that then. Okay, he'll have no problem doing it again now. And then earnestly ask the Lord, you know, please direct me to a right church um, for me and some right relationships for me that are going to help me grow in you. Yeah. 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 He's so capable. And sometimes we are just so like, oh, you couldn't possibly do that, Lord. And it's like, yeah, watch, just watch him. (laughs) Well, and, and. Another thing too, and I know you've, you've done this because you mentioned this earlier about meditating on the word. And I think mm-hmm. many people aren't even taught about that. And they think, oh, is that new, new agey? And I always say, you can only counterfeit a truth. Yep. Right. So meditate is in the Bible. So we have to know how to scripturally yeah, and meditate. That's just, that's just a, a case of, of thinking about that verse or thinking about what God said there in that scripture and how does it apply to me? And can that really work in my life? And what, what does that mean? And what, what if I did this and how does that work? And you just, you just mull it over from a lot of different angles and, and it'll come alive to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's meditating on the word is pondering on it, on reflecting on it, on asking questions over it. Um, I was obviously with my veterinary background. I love cows. Yeah, and I yeah. think about cows, you know, they, they eat the hay, they chew the hay, they swallow the hay, and then they bring it back up again and ruminate on it. They got four stomachs. That's why they can right, do that. Right, right. But that's the great analogy in a way of meditating. You're, you're, con- you're consuming it and then you're chewing on it a bit and then you're ingesting it. And then you're going to bring it up again and talk about it some more. Yeah. Ruminate. That's so good. And I say that it allows you to paint a new picture because I'm an yeah. artist on a hobby, but it allows you to start painting a new picture because you won't go on the outside until you first see it on the inside. So you're allowing your, your mind to um, go to a place and uh, that also helps the fear displace. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I just rhymed. So <laughs> that must be God. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> oh, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> One thing too, when you're meditating, I'm, uh, I'm going back to, I'm just having these flashbacks of my early days of um, being a Christian, again, focusing on that new Testament. Cause you start meditating on some of the old Testament stuff. You're like, that's scary and has to be understood through God's filters. And until you learn that don't go there. The, the bottom line is God loves you and his plans are always good for you. Yeah. God never asks us to give up something except to get something even better to us. So if his plans are always good for you and you're hearing voices that say some other thing, you can know that is not the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And you just stick with what God's saying about you. And that'll help you keep peace and joy as you grow. That's right. Yeah. And I think too, like we were talking about ruminating, a lot of times what we call prayer can turn into fear because now we're meditating, we're rolling over the, the worry and the anxious thoughts so that's why I say flip the coin, just take that thought captive. And now the opposite, what's the opposite of that fear that you're, you're rolling a scenario, you're picturing a scenario coming alive that's negative. Now flip it with God's word and his truth to paint a new picture of, wait, if God is for me, who can be against me? All things are possible with God. And that he's given me the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I have the power of God living on the inside of me. And, you know, that's where it's like it. All, all worry is, is meditation on a negative outcome. 
Yes. So meditation, biblical meditation, not new agey stuff, but biblical meditation is meditating on that truth of God's word. And we know, I mean, one of the most popular verses in all of scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to, to prosper you and give you a, a good expected end, a hope and a future, all of those different translations. That's meditation on a good outcome. Because before an event happens, a good outcome is just as likely as a bad outcome. So why not think about the good outcomes? Yeah. It makes more sense. And, yeah. and that will actually change your life. Yeah. If, if you take that one change of stop worrying about negative outcomes and start getting into hope for good outcomes, you'll, you'll start moving into more faith. It'll be yeah. amazing watching that yeah. transition. So good. Lisa, you were a basketball player too, weren't you? I was not a basketball player. I thought, how come I thought you were a basketball player? Well, I am athletic and more athletic probably than my husband is, but <laughs> um, I played volleyball um, okay. and I was in track, but. Um, okay. Well, I was in track too. But yeah. with, with the reason why I say with basketball was we had to do exercises where we would shoot free throws without a basketball. Right. But we had to imagine everyone going yes. in and that before we even picked up a basketball. Yeah. And once you did that, it was amazing how many more went in. So I think yeah, no, some, that's... a lot of those principles, I mean, when we were in a lot of the small business conferences and stuff, they're all talking about, you know, positive visualizing, thinking, visualizing. Yeah, but that's, that's really meditating principles from scripture. It could take, yep, exactly. take you all back to Proverbs and show you all these things. Mm -hmm. um, again, another counterfeit, but they work. Because God's principles work. Yeah, when we when we do it from a godly perspective, it works. But the enemy will always twist it slightly and counterfeit it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. All right. So how I know Chris, you've written some books, and Lisa, you're getting ready to launch a new business. But we'll talk about your business in a future one. But um, Chris, why don't you why don't you share how we how people can get in touch with you and name off your your four or five books. Well, there's four main ones. Um, yeah, the, the, our ministry website is newcreations.org. That's N-E-W-C-R-E-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot O-R-G. So it's New Creations. It's a play on our last name. Yep. Uh, and that is our ministry. And, and you can go to our products page and see the books there. Um, really quick, I've got a, a, a daily devotional. So 365 days. Um, there's a devotional. It's a little paragraph and a Bible verse. It's, it's one nugget. It's not designed to be an in-depth Bible study. It's designed to, to just be a dose of encouragement for your day. Uh, I also, that, that actually, that Bible study flowed out of a, um, an email devotional that I send out every day to people who subscribe. So you can either get the devotional via email, or you can get the book. It's on our website called Daily Reflections. Okay. Then I've got uh, a really short book about sovereignty of God. Is God in control? It's, it's only about 50 pages, but it goes through some key scriptures and explains why God actually isn't in control, which is surprising to a lot of Christians and believers, but, and it explains why and how that's a good thing and what it means. So it just, it's just a quick little um, 50 page, you know, one hour read for most people. You can use it as a Bible study. Sovereignty of God. Is God really in control? I've got another book, how to believe your, um, how to believe your way to supernatural faith. I like that one because it's got a purple cover. Um, but 
purple royalty. Purple. Yeah, no, I just, I, I just the cover design came together really well for that. But that's just a collection of of shorter chapters that really talk, get into faith and belief, and and how to how they they're related but different, and and how you can start operating in more faith in your life to see more supernatural results. All right, and then the the last book I have, which is actually the first one I wrote, is called Rejecting Mammon: How to See Results from Your Giving, and and it it really talks about grace-filled kingdom prosperity, you know, the, the prosperity gospel has gotten a really bad rap because it was hijacked by people who were really preaching a greed gospel using the language of kingdom prosperity. And so what we're doing is we're stealing, we're, we're taking the language back and putting it back to what it, what it originally was supposed to be and what true kingdom prosperity is because it flows out of our generosity. It's not a greed thing. It's a generosity thing. But like you said, the enemy takes what's true and twists it into something that's not true. So right. we're, we're untwisting and straightening it out. It's called Rejecting Mammon. Those, those books are available on our website. They're also available on Amazon and, you know, both physical paperback and ebook format. Yeah. And I'll have links in the show notes so people can get in touch with you as well. And I know we've supported your ministry since day one. And so yeah, we're we've been very grateful for that. We're well, we're, we believe in, you know, we all have the admission, the mission of advancing God's kingdom. It just looks mm. different in our different uh, formats and so forth, but we're still all part of fulfilling the great commission. But I just wanted to thank you again for your time coming on. We'll definitely come back. Oh, also Chris, we do two for Tuesdays. Yes. You, you have that with other people uh, mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. Because you're an awesome, awesome Bible teacher. <laughs> We're having fun, but that's once a month that I do that with you approximately. So, um, so yeah, so I'll have all that in the, in the show notes, but again, thank you for your time. I know we went a little longer today, but, um, I just want to encourage people that God meets them where they're at and we're no, you know, he's no respecter of persons and we're just examples of what happens when you give God your yes. He wants to give you that life in abundance that takes you to a whole nother realm of experiencing his kingdom, his way, his life, his everything. And that's going to give you the most meaningful and fulfilling life, not just for you, but that you overflow that into your sphere of influence and bless other people. So again, so I just speak a blessing over you and until next time. Thank you so much. We've enjoyed it. I pray this blesses you, my friend, and one of the ways that you can really help me out is by sharing this podcast. My desire is to disciple and share the gospel and advance God's kingdom in every way that I can, and the podcast is a form of that. So if you could do me a favor and share this with as many people as possible, tag my photo and tag me on Instagram or Facebook at Lori K. Snyder. It's L-O-R-I-K-A-Y-S-N-Y-D-E-R. Also, too, another way is if you want to partner with our nonprofit discipleship ministry to advance God's kingdom, to share the love of God and the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. So we would love for you to partner with that, and that would be at lauriksnyder.com slash partner, and I will put all of that in the show notes. Until next time, I pray God's blessing upon you.